So, um, we're going to be discussing um, best of 2023 so far. Um, how has this year been yeah. uh, so far for movies? You know, um, had a lot of some blockbusters, had some raunchy mm-hmm. comedies uh, so far this year, some horror movies, some action movies. So, it's a pretty good, you know, some superhero stuff kind of going on. So, it seems like a pretty diverse uh, set of movies that we can discuss, we can talk about. Uh, could potentially be on our best of 2023 so far. Will some of these movies eventually make it to our final uh, list when it comes to the end of the year list, when it comes to, you know, when we do the whole best of 2023, uh, so uh, just a whole complete list of it? Well, we'll see. Uh, well, if, if some of these movies will uh, do it, uh, we'll make that list there. Uh, but we got a lot of great selections here mm-hmm. uh, from me, from Nick, from Dusk, um, some different picks here. We're going to see some quite a bit of overlap, but that's okay. We, you know, each of us have our own kind of unique picks that the other one don't don't have so maybe if you know you had a specific interest of a movie that you probably heard about but didn't see or did see and really liked maybe we were going to cover that for you um so everything like that so i'm going to go through my list um i'm just going to read off the movies i have selected and then i'm going to go uh by the ones just each of them and discuss them um uh, briefly here all right so the first movie uh on my list is going to be spider-man across the spider-verse uh not only is this probably the best animated movie of the year best superhero movie of the year but possibly one of the best movies of the year so far that we have um this daring uh genre defining uh movie is out this was four years in the making the gorgeous animation here um and it was hard i mean a lot of anticipation was coming in this movie mm-hmm. uh, a- uh after the spider-verse into the spider-verse which won an academy award for best animated feature it's considered one of the best spider-man movies by some people into the spider-verse um and it's like how can you do better on that how can you be on par with that and this movie found a way to do that um mm-hmm. and they they excelled at that uh again this movie's coming back with gorgeous beautiful animation again that took years and years of development and apparently a lot of chains and whips with a lot of the animated film to get it done uh which caused a lot of problems there but uh i mean the animation is fantastic here um with all the different styles that they did uh with you know just all these different characters going into their different worlds you know uh, like you have uh, uh, uh the character of uh spider punk where he has his own just every time he's walking around his own unique style of the 70 60 punk style of london um you got you know spider-man from india who's got his own old world of new york which is drawn a specific way so and then you have like the world of gwen stacy which this movie opens up with with her kind of water uh like a color painting oil painting there that, that you see watercolor painting of her world that looks great and it changes depending on her moods and uh, the, the reflection of that in the scene, which looks absolutely amazing. Um, you got great vo- voice performances again from all around, uh, from Jack Johnson, from uh, Shamik Moore, from Haley Steinfeld, uh, the newer additions like Oscar Isaac and, and uh, uh, Issa Rae, uh, you know, just fantastic additions from them here. So I absolutely Love this movie, um, and I think this is a movie that would definitely be on my end uh, end of the year list of being one of the best movies of the year. What do you guys think about Spider Man Across the Spider Verse? A hundred percent agree with everything you just said, and this is also on my list. This is my number one of the year so far. I've seen the movie 
three times now in the theater and I come away with something new every single time that I've gone, especially if it's just like seeing all of these different animation styles having to populate the same frame. Like you get uh, Spider-Punk and how he's constantly shifting in that like 60s punk rock style. Uh, um, Spider-Man India, who's drawn in a more hand pencils, pencil sketch kind of format. Uh, even uh, the spot with how more abstract he gets as the as the movie goes on, taking a joke character and making him into this terrifying cosmic horror movie monster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is also on my list as well. Um, this movie is visually gorgeous, a little long in the tooth, but it makes up for it with a lot of varying different characters, varying moments, and ultimately a very interesting character progression of seeing mm-hmm. where miles morales is going and how he interacts with the other spider people and uh while there always will be one peter parker will always be the original spider-man this is a f- fascinating uh spin and looking at his uh, interpretation of the character and where he fits in the i suppose hall of spider people and across the spider-verse itself hmm yeah, so this movie was on all of our lists. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. Do you guys think this will be on your end of end of the year list? Oh, hundred percent. It's it's yeah. very likely going to be there. Be there come December. Yeah, yeah. I don't see many things that'll it'll quite top it out. It's still going to be there, even if it's a number nine or ten. It's not leaving. <laughs> mm. Yeah. All right. Um, that was Spider Man Across Spider Verse. I'm going to move on to my next movie here. And my next film is going to be Blackberry. Uh, Blackberry was the movie, it's based on a true story about one of the world's very first smartphones in the Blackberry. Uh, this movie starring Glenn Howerton and Jay Burchell. Um, it This movie had a great mix of drama, comedy in it. Um, it helps that it has Glenn Howerton, who people might know from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, who basically in this is just playing Dennis Reynolds. I mean, it's Dennis <laughs> Reynolds without all the being the serial killer pervert shit is basically just that um and uh i i very much enjoyed this movie a lot um you know this story of hearing about um this piece of technology um hearing how you can be on top of the world one minute and then all of a sudden something just can come along and knock you off that pedestal and that's kind of what happened with the blackberry where you know it was the <laughs> yeah it was the yeah they, yeah, sh- yeah, they show Steve Jobs' announcement of the iPhone, and it's treated with all the weight of fucking Thanos entering Earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a, you know, a, a, a defining moment in technology when the iPhone was announced. And the BlackBerry went from being the, one of the most number one you know, phones in the world that everybody used to just falling off the face of the planet just like that um this movie uh it was directed by let me see uh let's see matt johnson uh who's a big time director in canada this is a canadian film um this is my first time hearing about him and uh you know so apparently he's he's famous for doing a lot of work there and is a, a very prolific director there. And I like how this movie mixes a lot of different styles, you know, uh, the style of the drama, the comedy, plus like the documentary style of it, even though it's not mm-hmm. like a mockumentary in any way, but it has that style of a mockumentary that you see of a lot of like close-ups of people, a lot of close-ups of, you know, uh, of extras and things like mm-hmm. that in it. Yeah, um, it. So I very much appreciate yeah, that. It uses a lot of that in uh, just the camera work in this. It reminded me a lot of Succession, but really in the best way. 
in terms of how it was just used cut the camera it felt like it was another character in the movie and that it uses that handheld cinematography style focusing in on a lot of close-ups of your actors and really feeling like it breathes in that space Mm, yeah, and this was a movie that was on all of our list uh, as well. So, what do you guys, uh, Dusk? What do you have to say about Blackberry? Well, I mean, none that nothing that you guys haven't seen the the nice documentary type style without it quite uh, becoming a documentary itself. I think it's also just interesting because I find this tech, uh, the aspect of it, very fascinating. Mm -hmm. While the iPhone may have come in and snapped its fingers, they would have been no iPhone if the Blackberry hadn't done what it did. And he, uh, like everything else in most of um, Steve Jobs did in his life, he stood on the top on the shoulders of giants and uh, <laughs> took a swan dive and took all the gold after they collected it. So it's fascinating mm. also in a history sense of seeing the technology and seeing the, uh, the different minds behind it and the different levels of competency one needs to have a business and the crazy things you have to do to get that to be at that height and how quickly it can slip through your fingers. Mm. And the yeah. wonderful mix of comedy at the same time with a bit of dark humor and surrealism that goes along with the stra uh, fact is stranger than fiction. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And this was yeah, a movie that was also on all of our lists as well, Blackberry. Um, so I'm going to move it on to a movie that I only have on my list. Uh, no, Dusk or Nick doesn't have it on their mm -hmm. list is The Blackening. Um, I think The Blackening is possibly one of the funniest movies of the year. Um, for mm -hmm. me, um, saw the trailer for this, um, and it's one of those situations where you see a trailer and you might go like, uh, I don't know, this doesn't really look all that good. Mm -hmm. But when you actually go see the movie, it's like, hey, it's a pleasant surprise, and it's much better than I think the trailer delivers. Oh, yeah. um, it is a story about these group of friends who go to a cabin, and they're, you know, it's a predominantly all-black cast, and it plays on a lot of those tropes of, you know, uh, black people in horror movies, black culture, uh, you know, uh, black people in general, you know, just interacting with each other. And then how much how we talked about with Joyride, when you have an ensemble cast, especially in a comedy, it really helps to have the whole cast, you know, work well together. Mm -hmm. And this was this cast. I think this cast is amazing together. And I think this is a great experience. If, you know, this is a perfect movie. If you're going to see it in, in, in black -a max which is, you know what I mean, in terms of the black experience, this is a perfect movie to do that with uh, because you're going to be talking to the screen. You're going to be laughing at it. You're going to be enjoying yourself at it. Um, and there's the little things that this movie does that just is, is so terrific um, mm -hmm. that I think works, works really well. Um, so I had a great time watching this movie. I recommend people checking it out. Um, if they can. Uh, I don't know if it's still in theaters currently right now, um, it, but it's I, made on a rel yeah, it yeah it made it was made on what like fifteen million and it's uh, it made fifteen million. The budget was five million. Oh shit! They mm -hmm. yeah, go Apple Beast tonight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, this is this is that type of movie that that is great. And you know, uh, Corey from Double Toast said he had a great commentary on this movie. Like, imagine Scream, Get Out, scary movie, mm -hmm. uh, and you kind of put those all in a pot. And I think you got the blackening um, there. And I think it works really well. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I very much enjoyed it a lot. Um, all right. Uh, I'm going to move on to another movie that was on my list uh, that is on no one else's list. And that is John Wick, uh, Chapter 4. It's on uh, Bob <laughs> oh, it's on your list as well. Okay, so good. Yeah. Dustin talk uh, about Bobby, this. Uh, <laughs> Bobby. Uh, Bobby Yaga. Uh, the Bobby Yaga, 
is back um, in this fourth installment here. Keanu Reeves playing the legendary character John Wick. Um, it's kind of crazy that we've gotten four movies now. Um, you know, it's kind of this point. And they've kind of just outdone each other, I think, continuously from the second one to the third one to now this one. They just constantly keep ratcheting things up, which is pretty amazing that this franchise can keep doing that. I think this is possibly in the conversation, John Wick, for being one of the greatest action franchises ever. I don't think there's any bad movie in this series, which, again, that's also kind of stellar for it being four movies. Um, you know, what it does with a lot of the kind of action stuff. I mean, this is basically, it's it's like a video game. I mean, this is the mm. best non-video oh, yeah. game, video game movie ever, basically. Um, there's so many scenes in this where it's like, basically, it's like Hotline Miami or where he's fighting video game bosses where you fight the mini boss to get to the big boss and you fight the henchmen <laughs> and all this other shit. Like, you know, and then he's wearing like these suits that are basically like vibranium now where, you know, before it was like, okay, it can protect you from a little bit, but now you can get hit by cars going 50 miles per hour <laughs> and and you can you can get slammed up against stuff. You can roll down five hundred steps, and and you can jump out a window and land onto a car. Like it, it's 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 obviously it's gotten to crazy your, levels. Yeah, your but, suspension of disbelief is going to be broken by the end of this movie. Yeah, if you but, aren't on board. Yeah, and I think with, with and John Wick since it came out, you know. It has been revolution. It has been kind of genre defining mm -hmm. revolution in the sense that people have been trying to do something similar to John Wick. Mm -hmm. You see all these other things like Nobody and Atomic mm -hmm. Blonde and Gunpowder Milkshake and a lot of these movies. I think try to kind of do that, but I think what those movies lack that John Wick has is it has a star in Keanu Reeves, um, who even in his non acting is acting. <sighs> I guess in a way he's got his own charisma, his own style that is that you are drawn to it. Um, and also the fact that it, it's you're in this world of these assassins and this in this mythology that's building and all these other things of the you know this culture of these assassins and they have their own rituals and things like that that actually thinks flushes out the world. Um, and plus it says Donnie Yen in it, chapter four. Donnie Yen, who doesn't love Donnie Yen? Yeah, who doesn't love Donnie? Yen? The goat. He yeah. is the goat. So, Dusk, what are your thoughts on John Wick? 4? I mean, what else can be said about the John Wick franchise that hasn't already been said? Oh. oh my god it made by stunt performers showing the rest how it's done and this movie is no different fantastic way to end it the third movie was a little bit uh i think less as impressive than the second one that came before it although nothing beats the first and that first visceral movie but this one is a really great many show-stopping moments great actions great cinematography Keanu Reeves uh, is, is even in his non-acting or with his acting, he's just having so much fun. He's able to do such great choreography and he does so many of his own stunts. And it clearly is a love and a passion for doing this mm -hmm. kind of work. And it all shows if, uh, if man, this is what we go to see movies for. This is kind of the action that I want to come back. Actually quality action that I'm able to watch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ready Infamaturity asked, uh, "How do you think? Uh, how do you guys think I'd react to four if I found three to be a little over the top at the end?" Um, um I think uh, the I action think in four, it. I think four doesn't tone down the over the top nature that was really introduced in the third movie, but I feel like in four you had a much stronger supporting cast, especially with uh with Bill Skarsgård, with uh, Donnie Yen, with yeah. Uh, Shamir, uh, Shamir, uh, Shamir Anderson. Mm -hmm. 
yeah, who plays uh, nobody in this. I thought they balanced out and they played really well into the kind of absurdity of the of the world and the story. Here. Yeah, I would say the first two movies are the kid gloves still on. Mm-hmm. The uh, John Wick is still <clears throat> like just getting back into the flow of things, getting mm-hmm. back and getting the rust off. And by three and four, he's just doing superhero things in a way that everyone else is kind of doing it because they live in this fantastical world where they can just do superhero things mm-hmm. with incredible equ- equipment with great eloquence and civility and just funny moments that come in from this world of like, gentlemen, this is a refined place. You must step outside. You're not going to fight. There are rules, gentlemen. And John's like, by the end, just like, fuck your rules. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, yeah, I mean, I, some people, when I was watching John Wick 4 in the theater, I know there's some moments, like the moment I mentioned where he falls out of a building and mm-hmm. lands on a car. I know there was, there was a collective in the audience. What? Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> It's like, what the hell that was that? Or, hey, that have they not know, seen Lethal Weapon? Have they never seen getting, those movies? That or him getting kicked down like 300 flights of stairs. Yeah, come on. Yeah. Come on. No, no, like 100, and then it stops for a minute, and then you forgot that there's a second flight of them. This is yeah. he, he's wearing a he's wearing the like the the kingpin daredevil suits. Okay, they can take <laughs> any amount of damage you can throw at them to a certain point, and then until the plot needs it to matter, it's fine. Yeah. So I don't know if you if you found it, maybe it'll be a little over the top for some people. Uh, I get it. I, I but I loved it. I enjoyed it, and I think it is one of the greatest action franchises uh, ever. I think it's it's mm. in history as being one of those. Um, all right, I'm gonna move on to another movie. Um, a movie that's on all of our lists. Um, mm. Evil Dead Rise. Evil Dead yeah. Rise. Um, Evil Dead Rise is continuing being Maggot a movie. Mommy. Mommy. <laughs> um, and Evil Dead is always a thing of like, you know, with a lot of these some people say there's no bad Evil Dead movie. Some people said some people don't like the reboot of Evil Dead. I like the reboot of Evil Dead, uh, whatever that was. Them. That it's fair. That that's fair. The that's reboot fair. is definitely a uh, like it or don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. But I think I was pleasantly surprised to say that Evil Dead Rise. I am a fan of it. I'm quite a big fan of it. And um, I think it continues the streak for me of having no bad Evil Dead movies. Um, I've liked all of them. And I think there's a lot of great stuff here. I think you know it's nice to have a different setting here. You know, this time in like a they're in the the Judge Dread high rise uh, place that they're in. <laughs> Um, I think that's pretty good. So it changes some different locale that you see, um, some different characters. Like here you have a, a mother and a, an aunt, uh, a group of kids, you know, trying to fight off the um, uh, the Necronomicon and the demons from the Necronomicon. I think there's a lot of great, you know, uh, moments in here that have their own kind of uh, feeling and tone to it that, that work really well. Like when they do the whole, like for me, it was when they all joined up together and went, went the whole like mixed oh, bodies together. That's that thing from The Last of Us too. Mm. Yeah, that I always hate shit like that. That freaks me the fuck out. So I yeah. The body horror. Yeah, so that I absolutely yeah, I, I that freaks me stuff out. And then the physical performance from Allison uh Alice Sutherland, very great, very amazing. Yeah, um, the phys- yeah, the physicality, she nails it. And Alyssa Sutherland, she get she's given one of my favorite performances of the year, just with how much she has to balance uh first showing off the uh loving, caring nature of that family, and then the absolute 
reveling in the cruelty that she commits as a deadite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I thought she was fantastic. I thought Lily uh, Sullivan was fantastic, who's the aunt coming in, um, and she plays, I think, a great, a great action heroine here. Um, I think one of the downsides I mentioned with this movie was that, I mean, do you have to do the shotgun again? Do you have to do the chainsaw again? To be Is fair, necessary? to be fair, in that scenario, what else do even stands a chance <laughs> at, at taking at a home center? like at a home actual home would even stand a chance against these things the mm-hmm. deadites are almost nigh unkillable oh yeah they even say like in that recording even like yeah even if you manage to kill him that spirit's still coming back yeah it, yeah you can kill the bodies but getting mm-hmm. rid of the actual spirit is the problem yeah once you pick yeah once you play sumerian suavemente you're fucked mm-hmm Mm-hmm. The only, and Ash only got away with it because he got semi-possessed, but had just enough mm-hmm. strong will that he was able to last before the dawns and throw it back into the book in the second one. Yeah, the rules of these of these movies are kind of messy, but I yeah, think yeah. they're still fun. Yeah, yeah, honestly. Um, so where does this, you know, because there's always anytime there's a sequel, it doesn't ever really like I mm-hmm. ever connect to the last Evil Dead movie. So I don't know where this is when is gonna go if they ever do another Evil Dead movie or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, because the only direct sequel I think is just Army of Darkness that was after Evil Dead mm-hmm. Two. Army, Army. Uh, that's Evil Dead's very difficult. loose. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's, it's not even to... exactly how it ends. Yeah, the Second and... one. Yeah, every single movie was was made by a different production company. It's why mm-hmm. essentially the first act of Evil Dead Two is just a remake of Evil Dead One. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's because uh, he couldn't get the rights to it, and uh, <laughs> they have been complete dicks at holding the rights to Evil Dead and not releasing it and and treating it like not well. They've not treated Evil Dead with the respect it deserves. Yeah. Um, and then Rated M for Immaturity says, I don't, uh, I do think people who that didn't like the 2013 remake, uh, because it was too serious, this adds a bit, uh, of the dark humor again. That's, yeah, that's a, that's a that's, fair enough interpretation. Yeah, I think, that, I think that's a fair, 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 uh, assessment of that. But I also think that people kind of look at the original Evil Dead with these really rose colored glasses and they assume that it is meant to be campy. But I think no. the campiness of it comes from the charm of how limited that film's production was. Because mm-hmm. that was literally just Sam Raimi with uh, whatever money he could scrounge together with family and friends and shooting it in like the backwoods in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, this yeah. it was the first one was built on a shoestring budget. And the second one, he got a little bit more budget. And then the <laughs> third one was like, well, it's my only time I can get a big budgeted Evil Dead movie like I always wanted to. <laughs> but the studio fought him at every a tooth and nail every single time. Uh, I, I still wish he went with that third third movie title, which was Medieval Dead. Uh, yeah, it would have been so fun. Yeah. Uh, Radiant from Maturity makes a point of saying like in the, the movies and the different mm-hmm. and in all the uh, Evil Dead movies, we see different Necronomicons. So I don't mm-hmm. know, maybe they and then I think there's somebody who said that when you when they do the whole uh, when the kid plays back the recording on yeah. of the Necronomicon in this movie, mm-hmm. there's a Bruce Campbell's voice yeah. talking to the mm-hmm. priest or something. So yeah, there is. maybe I don't know. Maybe they'll do a thing like I don't know. Multiverse is pretty hot right now. Maybe they'll do some shit like <laughs> Multiverse Evil Dead. Like I uh, mean, he's jumped through time before. Evil, 
Ash vs. the Evil Dead is is getting, uh, or at least hopefully is getting a fourth animated se- uh, season. They, they, they can play around with anything. It doesn't matter. What mm-hmm. matters is that there are Deadites, there are multiple books. I mean, it makes sense to me there would be more, more than one or mm-hmm. a version of it. Mm-hmm. It's just how do you combat it? Yeah. So you maybe they'll do something like um, so yeah, that was Evil Dead Rise. I got one last movie um uh, that was on my list. Um, and then we're gonna head to Nick's list. Um yeah. and then um yeah, dust list after that. Yeah. All right, so my final movie that I got on my list is Are You There God? It's me, Margaret. Um, so we reviewed this movie. Um, I think uh were you on this review for me with me, uh Dusk? It was yeah. Yeah, and I only saw it. You didn't see it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I think this is a really good, nice, uh, sweet coming-of-age movie. Um, this is based on the novel, Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret, which was a popular uh, a novel uh, for young girls, you know, discovering themselves um, about, you know, their first period, things like that. Um, and, uh, you know, the lead of this movie is the girl from uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, uh, the first Cassie um, mm-hmm. in the Ant-Man movies here. Um, and I think she does a really fantastic job in this. Um, you also have Kathy Bates, who always is really great, great supporting actress, Kathy Bates. Rachel McAdams is in, is in this as well, who's the mother. She does a great uh, job as well. Great, So, so great supporting cast all around uh, for this movie as well. Um, and just, you know, she has her kind of individual story uh, with Rachel McAdams, uh, with, you know, trying to reconnect with her parents again. Uh, family um, is very great. The husband in this um, is the guy from um, uh, who made a good time. Um, and also the people who made uncut gems to uh, do what's their names. Um, if, if dusk, if you remember their names, I think uh, it was, uh, Josh Safty, I think is his name. Josh Safty, I think is yeah. his name. Um, and yeah, he's the husband in this. Um, uh, I've seen him quite a bit of places uh, as well. Um, popping up as an actor and does a very good job. But yeah, I mean, just that experience, um, you know, of growing up, that adolescence, that period of trying to fit in, discovering yourself, discovering who you are. I mean, it's always relatable. That's always a big thing, uh, you know, that you can always relate to there. Um, and I think this movie does a great job at that. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's, it is a, a great movie to see, you know, if the family or if you want to see it with your kid, I think that is, uh, I think it would probably be great to, to do and to see. So yeah. I greatly uh, enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm going to move on to Dust since Nick, I guess he's got to reboot his computer and come back in. Uh, Dust, I'm going to move on to you. Um, right. Tell us your list and then tell us the uh, things that uh, are, are are unique to your list. All right. Well, uh, one of the more unique ones that I don't think is anyone else's list is uh, Megan. Megan was the black comedy horror movie about a... Uh, engineer who uh, was given custody to her uh, niece after a horrible accident and in doing so he she uses her niece as a test as a as a test to this new doll she's working on called Megan who is a companion for her and uh, as things kind of go on Megan and her niece get more and more attached and Issues start showing up more and more as the t- as time goes on, culminating, unfortunately, until Megan starts acting on her own, regardless of the orders, and starts trying to take over as her, uh, basically take over the house and take over as her niece's best friend ever. And what I really enjoyed about this movie, especially, was the uh, dark comedy of it, the performances by 
the everybody involved, including the relationship between uh, who was in the makeup for Megan and the animatronics that they used for it and the use of it back and forth and the, uh, the way it was shot and the cinematography for it. I think it really lended itself to being having its moments of being a bit for horror, but also the mo comedy moments where it would be a bit humorous. Uh, though you can tell that there are moments that this movie was cut down to a PG-13 rating because a lot of the more violent moments are trimmed down, but that never stopped it from being still a pretty fun and sometimes a visceral movie. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny how this movie, you know, got all this attention because that trailer was, you know, doing the Megan dance, mm -hmm. which, even though that really didn't have any purpose in the movie, really, her doing the no. dance. But, no. you know, it, it's kind of, and then also there was the things where, you know, sometimes horror movies would do these things where they try to promote the movie, the hire actors to go to like, you know, to baseball games or, you know, events like that so they can be seen. Um, and promoting so that was kind of fun seeing these you know people dressed up as Megan going out to these different things just you know staring into the camera all that different stuff like that like that was kind of fun so the whole viral marketing behind it I thought was really good for the movie that helped the movie quite a bit and get attention out about it um, I thought this was fun I thought this was a fun movie um, and and I had a good time watching it um, it was definitely a good way to start off the year um, especially mm -hmm. I know sometimes January can be kind of a crap month so it was a good way to start off the year it was which is why it's still on the list even though it's lower on the list and could be squeezed out by other movies I still have a soft spot for it especially starting off at January mm, nice uh, what else you got all right uh, for another one I don't think on is on either of your lists is uh, or should be I don't think you mentioned it was uh, Guardians of the Galaxy mm. All right. Yeah, I, that's on Nick's list, not my list. Yeah. Okay. Well, I uh, I really enjoyed Guardians of the Galaxy, and it feels like the end of the uh, at least the wrap up as best as he can from James Gunn's introduction of the Guardians and the last hurrah of uh, the original MCU. And it stars Star Lord and his gang of Mifits having to stop the uh, high, high evolutionary uh, evolutionary. Yeah, I keep blanking on his name and his plans to and what he plans to do with Ro their friend Rocket and the stakes of losing Rocket if they don't find the code to stop, uh, heal him. And this movie also dives a lot more into Rocket's past, and in doing so, also comes around to some of the other Guardians members and having to deal with the consequences of since, since the end of Endgame. Uh, overall, while the movie does have its problems, I do have a, a genuine soft spot for it. And I think together, the, the cast is still great together, and while the set pieces don't necessarily all come together, it, it does is held up by the strong cast, the fun banter between them, and these bits of set pieces that allows them. And, and most importantly, I think really the glue that holds it is Star-Lord and Rocket's story, especially uh, Rocket in particular, where you get to see a much darker uh, story that had been hinted at in the previous movies come to fruition. Oh yeah, and then at one point Adam Warlock is in this movie on occasion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed this a lot. Uh Radio Immaturity said that um uh, feels like it might be the last good MCU movie um mm -hmm. uh, at the rate it's going. Yeah, I mean, you know, this year, the beginning of the year, we had Shazam 2, Black Adam, both movies I was just kind of mad on. Um yeah. I even though Shazam 2, I was like, yeah, it's all right. Um Black Adam, I was much lower on. Um, and both those movies did not do so well. 
box office wise critically and critically as well they didn't do so well uh but i was like the true and people was like superhero fatigue superhero fatigue people are tired of seeing these superhero movies bad movie like, fatigue you know yeah and i was like the true testament is going to come with guardians of the galaxy 3 where it's like if this is not good or not even on par with even the other guardians movies mm. then yeah um I, I could see that but and this was really good and it did well mm -hmm. financially. It did. Um, and I thought this was a good send off for James Gunn and for his franchise guardians. Now that he's going to go off and do the DC stuff. Um, I thought this was really great. Um, and I love the conclusion of this. Um, mm. You know, uh, I love the villain of this. Uh, Chiwudi uh, Wuji did a very good job as a high, mm -hmm. uh, high evolutionary um, when it comes to, you know, uh, I guess some other kid, like you mentioned, Adam Warlock. Yeah, I mean, he could kind of be taken out of the movie entirely, and it really wouldn't change it change much. Mm. Uh, I just felt like they just kind of threw him in there because it's like, hey, well, we 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 teased we him last, yeah. So we got to bring him in here, and plus, we need an, another member of the other Guardians team that's going to be after them. So we kind of need somebody, and also he he'll probably play a bigger role down the line, and all that other stuff they do. So we'll yeah, see. so I yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoy this. If it wasn't for Across the Spider-Verse, this would be my favorite superhero movie of the year. Mm -hmm. I got about it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, th I thought this was a strong, uh, strong ending for the Guardians trilogy. Yeah. And uh, my and my last one, last but certainly not least, is uh, Sisu. Story about finding gold. Is it getting it beforehand? This this felt like such a great breath of fresh air for such a small budget that end up uh, coming through and uh, honestly ended up coming in through as a, it's just like an interesting little story about a golden prospect, gold prospector trying to secure his gold and defend against a German death squad. This was a relatively simple budget, only about 6 million, but it made pretty good money over uh, the 13 million budget. Uh, and even though it uh, was technically a 2022 release, it didn't come to the States until 2023. And honestly, it was for the limited budget and the scope. It was just wonderful to see such a smaller movie like this, given such a... Yeah, Sisu is 2022, but it didn't have a full release until 2023. So that's why it counts. Shut up. <laughs> uh, it's my list. And uh, I really enjoyed Sisu and its a theatrical performance and being seen on the big screen. I think if you uh, get the chance to see it later, I think it'll be well worth it. It's a smaller, fun, as a fun action movie that says uh, "fuck you" to a lot of the modern, uh, overbloated movies that I've seen in a while. And it was just a nice, nice way to see it with its sense of humor and its action. And it's and it's just a fun these characters. It was just a nice, yeah, movie. yeah. I saw oh. this. Um, I saw Sisu here. Um, I had fun with it. I thought it was all right. I don't think I loved it as much as maybe you did or maybe some other mm -hmm. people did. Um, I thought there was some good, of course, you know, who doesn't love dead Nazis, killing Nazis? Who doesn't love that, right? Oh, um, I'm hearing, a, a, like, Nick, are you, you playing the stream or something? Uh, yeah, I was a second ago. Is it uh, still playing? Yeah. Yeah, I hear it there. Uh, but, yeah, so who doesn't love that? And then, so, yeah. Um, so, and you, like you mentioned, like, the overblown kind of stuff we've getting, all these huge budgets on things. Um, that we kind of see in different stuff. So I got, you know, it's good to see a movie like this kind of scale back and just kind of not on a huge, massive budget and, and you know, kind of do look as good as this and do kind of well. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know how well it did financially. I don't know if it was a... It did about, uh, uh, on, a, on a budget of $6 million, it made about, if I, I want to say, I think other... Wow, yeah, about $13 million. Million. 
Yeah, that was it. That was the budget. Ooh, okay. It was only it was five Jeez. to six million, six million yeah. of uh, wow. made in a collaboration between Finland and the United States, and it made about thirteen million in the box office. So not bad. Yeah, pretty good. So yeah, uh, yeah. I, I just thought this movie would probably be better if you just see it at home. Probably you had more fun mm-hmm. there doing that. I really, I don't think necessarily you can rush to go to see it in theater, but I think it helps to see movies like this in the theater because again, you know smaller budget kind of stuff mm-hmm. instead of the whole big budget kind of movies it's good to kind of and this is movie's good it's good it's a lot of fun good action in it um yeah so nick the end of my list <laughs> yeah i know you just have sanctuary um yep uh sanctuary is uh the only outlier as far as uh, all of our best of the year lists go sanctuary is a movie starring uh <clears throat> starring christopher abbott and margaret qualley and christopher abbott plays uh Successor to his father's uh, successful hotel company, Margaret Qualley is playing his dominatrix, and this movie is delving into their relationship as as Christopher Abbott is trying to put an end to their dynamic. But what really makes this movie is these two incredible performances by Abbott and by uh, Margaret Qualley. She is a fucking sensational in this their chemistry as they're bouncing off each other and trying to win in this constant game of one-upsmanship and screwing each other over yeah that's not the yeah that's not it that that's oh, the wrong trailer oh that's the wrong trailer. oh jesus yeah. i'm sorry oh it's the wrong century oh my bad um oh, fantastic movie the- i'm sure <laughs> I'm gonna pull up the right. I'm gonna pull up the right chair. Sorry about that. No, you're good. Yeah. So, uh, so this is uh, technically a 2022 film as well, but it got its uh, theatrical release in uh, 2023. Okay. Um. And uh. Oh, I I saw the trailer for this. I think I saw it yeah. in the theaters. I didn't know it re- got released yet. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, it's it, uh, yeah, it's out on uh, VOD right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Because yeah, I saw the trailer for this when I was in theaters, and I was like, yeah, this looks kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, yeah, this looks like kind of fun to see what things go. I didn't know it was out already. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I didn't haven't heard about it much since. Uh, what uh, nepo baby is Margaret uh, Qualley attached to? Um, oh, Andy McDowell. She was a uh, oh. she's her daughter. Her daughter. Okay, great, 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 great. Um, so what would be uh yeah, your rating for this? And oh, for me, this is an absolute peak of a movie. I had so much fun watching it, watching uh Chris Abbott and uh and Margaret Qualley's dynamic throughout this entire elaborate game that they are playing with each other in terms of uh the sub and dom relationship. And it also has one of my favorite endings, and this is strangely one of the one of the oddest movie. It's the best movie I've seen this year that I do not want to watch with my parents. Mm. Would you rather watch Joyride or this with your parents? Probably Joyride. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh. Um, half yeah. the time. Half the time. Uh, uh, and this is like a second entry into one of my new favorite subgenres, and that's Christopher Abbott getting controlled by women. Uh, what other movie? Shout outs to Possessor. Possessor. Oh, okay. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I might. I'll check this out then. Yeah, because I didn't know. Yeah, it was released yet. Okay. Yeah, I was very interested in this. Um, is it a twenty four thing or is it? Uh, it's a neon. It's a neon production. Okay. Or or, uh, distributed by neon. They also uh, uh, released Infinity Pool earlier this year. 
Ah, okay, that was very recently. Okay, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah I was surprised. Ne- that- Neon is single-handedly bringing sex back to cinema. <laughs> yeah, I was surprised not to see Infinity Pool on your list. It was very close, it, but Sanctuary just knocked it off. No, just knocked it off because I think uh, uh, this is an easier, more digestible watch than Infinity Pool. Mm, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Sanctuary um, out right now on VOD. People can watch it. Uh, I'm gonna try to pull up the actual trailer for it here. So people know. <laughs> it's, it's it's not about like looked like that was about uh, sumo wrestlers or something like that. I was like, oh shit. Also, uh, uh, also called Sanctuary. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. So people just don't get confused. Know what they're gonna watch. Uh, you said uh, who directed this? Uh, Zachary uh, Wingen? Uh Zachary Wigan. Wigan. Okay. And he did the previously did the Heart Machine previously. Yeah. Okay. This is only his uh, second feature uh, film, and I imagine it's a uh, easy ask for a studio like Neon. It's a uh, Mostly just two characters in this uh, hotel suite. It's very much uh, a bottle film. This uh, did this even have a theatrical release, or did it get just VOD? Oh, Nick, he left there. Uh, but here, here's a trailer for it right here uh, that people can see. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I was very, very interested in this trailer. Mixed high praise. I'm definitely going to check it out for sure. Uh, yeah, Margaret Qualley. Um, I don't know. I'm still on. I don't know if I. She. I'm still kind of on the fence. I don't know if I'm. Because <laughs> I've seen her such limited stuff, so I don't know yet, quite yet. But you say she's really good in this. Oh, she's fantastic in this. Okay, she's fantastic yeah, she's in this. And the movie dances around with uh, with this entire scenario that's going on because the movie leaves it very ambiguous if any of this is actually genuine or if this is just another part of their game with each other yeah it's a really mm. good deal yeah you know it's also it's not, not muted idea to keep <laughs> yeah i know i know i'm playing okay. on it. yeah i know yeah just people give people idea yeah mm. yeah i know she's got a movie coming out margaret qualley uh pretty soon called uh what's that movie with ethan cohen directing it uh i see trailers for it oh um yeah uh, with pedro pascal oh uh, uh drive away dolls Drive away dolls. Yeah, yeah, she's got that coming out. Yeah, so yeah, it's, it's good for her. Good for her and nepotism. That's great. Um, hey, uh, it's only nepotism if they suck. True, true. Um, so she seems like she's pretty good in it. Um, so yeah. Um, oh, she was romantically linked to Pete Davidson. She was dating Pete Davidson. Okay, <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Uh, um, so yeah. Yeah, so that was our best of 2023 so far. Thank you, Nick. Thank you, Dusk. That was great. Thank you Mm -hmm. for adding in some unique movies of your own. Um, That was pretty awesome, fleshing out the list there. So, yeah, well-rounded. Best of. Mm -hmm.